St. Paul once referred to himself as the worst of sinners. The worst of sinners. He did that in his first letter to Timothy chapter 1. Then he went on in that chapter to add these words, these very important words. But on that very account, I was dealt with mercifully so that in me, as an extreme case, Jesus Christ might display all his patience, and that I might become an example to those who would later have faith in him and gain everlasting life. It seems from the reading of sacred scripture that St. Paul told his conversion story quite often. This is why he did it. He wanted to inspire other people to follow his example of repentance. He wanted to motivate men and women to seek the mercy of God with total confidence, with complete faith that if they repented, they would receive mercy and pardon. He hoped that people would hear his testimony and say to themselves, wow, if Jesus Christ can forgive that guy, Paul of Tarsus, then he can forgive anybody, including me. Every once in a while, it's good to hear a story like this, the story of a big sinner's conversion and repentance, as an added incentive for us to change our lives for the better, because all of us need improvement. And if we think we don't, then we really need improvement. The Church has given us one of these stories in today's Gospel text from John 8, this beautiful account of the woman caught in the act of adultery. And remember, it was, she was caught in the act of adultery. There was no doubt about her guilt. It was very clear. Everybody knew it, including Jesus. And she was condemned by everyone except Jesus, who read her heart. He could do that because he was God. And he recognized clearly her sorrow, her contrition, her repentance. And so he forgave her, as we heard a few moments ago. And he asked her only one thing, that she make the effort to avoid the sin in the future, which is precisely the pledge we make, is it not, at the end of the act of contrition, or at least one version of the act of contrition, where we say that we promise to avoid the near occasion of sin, or at least to make the effort to avoid the occasion of the sin. Jesus said, has no one condemned you? She said, no one, sir. He said, neither do I condemn you. You may go, but from now on, do not sin anymore. Recently, I read another very inspiring story of repentance and conversion that I'll share with you this morning. It involved a famous French actress of the late 19th and early 20th centuries. Her name was Eva Lavalliere. It's a name not familiar to us, or most of us, I'm sure. But if we lived back in the late 1800s, early 1900s, over in Europe, we would almost certainly have known who she was. 
Ava Lavalier grew up in what we would call today a severely dysfunctional family. I don't know what they called it in the late 1800s, but that's what we call it now. As she later said, as a child, I knew not what the love and care of a mother was. My life was tears and suffering from the time I reached the age of reason. Her greatest suffering, no doubt, came on the day that her father, who was an alcoholic, shot and killed her mother and himself right in front of her. Every once in a while you hear of something like that happening even today. I cannot imagine what kind of deep wounds that causes in a child and what kind of deep scars it leaves in a child. Ava found a kind of escape from her pain in the life of the theater and she was very good. She performed for royalty. She became perhaps the best-known actress in France and much of Europe. As she later put it, gold ran through my hands. I had everything the world could offer, everything I could desire. Nevertheless, I regarded myself as the unhappiest of souls. She's a great witness to the truth of that adage, money and fame do not buy happiness. Somebody needs to tell that to a lot of people in the world today who are looking for their 15 minutes of fame on reality shows and every other and in every other venue. Doesn't happen. She even, in her unhappiness, tried to commit suicide a couple of times. I'm sure it didn't help that during this period of her life she had also gotten involved in the occult. And at one point, she literally sold her soul to the devil. She was so fearful of losing her fame and fortune and beauty that she sold her soul to the devil if only he would preserve those things for her in her life. It's very interesting how many people who reject God do not go over to atheism. They dabble in the occult because they know they have this spiritual need inside of them and they have to fulfill it. They have to fill that need somehow. So they do it by dabbling in witchcraft, Satanism, whatever. Hitler did that, you know. Rejected his Christianity of his birth and went into the occult. There's a lot of information on that out there. The events that changed Ava's life happened in June of 1917 when she was 51 years old. So she lived half a century in emotional, spiritual darkness. During that month, she decided to rent a palace. <laughs> she had the money to do it. Literally, a palace near Tours, France. She wanted to get some rest and relaxation before going on a singing tour here in the United States. Well, the trustee of this palace just happened to be the local parish priest. He, of course, knew immediately who she was. He invited her to a Mass. And during that Mass, providentially, he preached about the conversion of big sinners. And that began a dialogue with Ava that eventually resulted in her being reconciled to God and the Church. She renounced her involvement with the occult, she went to confession, and she received communion for the first time in many, many years. One observer said that after she received that first time, she spent a very long period of time in prayer. 
and she seemed to be, quote-unquote, in another world. Amazingly, she never went back to singing and acting. I think she could identify with St. Paul's words in that second reading. He said, I've accounted everything else as rubbish now for Christ. That's the way it was for Ava. She gave away her fortune. She got rid of her jewels. She canceled all of her contracts. She wrote, my resolution is made. From now on, only Jesus has a right to my life, for he alone gave me happiness and peace. This caused quite a stir in Europe at the time, even without television and the internet and the modern media that we have today. From that moment of her conversion in 1917 until her death 12 years later in 1929, Eva Lavalier led a life of prayer and penance and charity, service to the sick and the poor. She did along the way have a few bouts with depression, I mention that because sometimes we think when somebody has a big conversion, all their problems disappear. That was not the case for Ava. That is normally not the case. But basically, she led a very joyful life. In 1929, just before she died, a newspaper in Paris interviewed her. Here's part of the exchange. They asked her, do you suffer a lot? She was very ill, physically ill at the time. She responded, yes, horribly. Have you any hope of being cured? None. But I am so happy. You cannot imagine how great my happiness is. Even with so much suffering? Yes, and because of it. I am in God's hands. Tell my friends of days gone by, that you met the happiest person on earth. St. Paul the Apostle, the woman caught in adultery, Eva Lavalier. Three very big conversion stories. Of course, my brothers and sisters, it doesn't really do us any good to hear stories like these unless they inspire us to embrace repentance in our own personal lives. And speaking of repentance, speaking of conversion, when was the last time you made a really good confession? If it's been a while, be here next Saturday afternoon at 3.30 p.m. And don't miss it. Jesus will be here with his mercy. Mark your calendar when you get home to make sure you don't forget.